Likutei Sichos, Chelik Chapalif, Volume Twenty One, the Third Sicha of Parshas Sisa. This Sicha will explain the story about Hashem's revealing Himself to Moshe Rabbeinu and the details involved in it. Also, we'll come away with a fascinating method to enhance one's memory. Now, as an introduction, it's worthwhile to review the verses in chapter 33 from verse 18 through verse 23. In short, the narrative is, Moshe Rabbeinu asks Hashem to reveal himself to him, that he should see his honor, meaning God's countenance, his, his glory. And Hashem says to him, I'm going to reveal before you I'm going to call out before you in the name of Hashem. And then he says, you will, however, not be able to see my face. Rather, you're going to see, you're going to see my back only. You'll not be able to see my face. So we'll learn more in detail in the Sikha itself. Just several rules, Klolim and Rashi, which we're certainly by now well familiar with. Number one, Rashi is only and exclusively, he only explains matters that are problematic or that need explanation in the basic understanding of the Psukim. Another thing, every single word in Rashi, including and perhaps especially in the heading of Rashi, the words from the verse which Rashi chooses to use as his heading, are very prudent to the actual Rashi, they have importance, every single word that Rashi chooses to quote. One more rule, which is a very important one, and it's mentioned quite often in Exodus. We find many types of phenomena in the Gashmistika world, in the material world, in nature and so on. And perhaps even sometimes they're used as an example, or as a metaphor for what goes on, so to speak, in the upper worlds. However, the reverse is the truth. That really, they originate in the spiritual worlds, and from there, through means of hishtalshilus, by means of evolvement, they come down to this world, and they become, to us, what seems like a fact of reality in our reality. Let's go into the Sikha. So in our Parsha, the Torah says, as we said in the verses, Moshe Rabbeinu said, no Please show me your honor, your glory. And Hashem answers him, no, you cannot see my face. However, you're going to see only my back. Rashi quotes the words, es that you will see my back. And he explains, Hashem showed him the knot of the tefillin, the one on the head, the back of the head. Hashem exposed that to him. Now we know that Rashi's sole purpose is exclusively to explain Shutishon Mikra, the basic meaning of the Pasik. And the question, of course, becomes, number one, what was difficult here? What was the problematic that Rashi finds it necessary to address? Everything seems to be fine. Hashem says, you won't see my face, you'll see my back. Now, number two, if one should argue, well, Rashi's found it a little difficult or problematic, the fact that Hashem refers to his back when Hashem doesn't have any physical form when therefore should not be referred to in any physical examples as the back or so on. That cannot be the answer. Because in this narrative itself, Hashem mentions Ponai, my face. And likewise, in many other 
instances in the Torah. There are physical examples that are given for Hashem, Hashem's face, Hashem spoke, Hashem heard, and Rashi doesn't find it important to explain. So this certainly cannot be and is not the question or the issue. Moreover, if this was the question, then exactly how is this resolved? How is this answered by saying, oh, it's the knot of tefillin? That too should become a question then. In other words, that too would be problematic if that was indeed a problem. Why? Because Hashem puts on tefillin? Hashem has a physical knot of tefillin that He can show to, that He can demonstrate to Moshe? It doesn't seem right. So obviously this is not the, 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 the issue. This is not the matter that Rashi was addressing. Another thing that needs to be resolved that we need to understand, why did Rashi find it necessary to put in the Dibur HaMaschil, in the heading of Rashi, the word Vira'isa, quote, and you will see. It seems that the only problem here is the word Achorai, my back. That should have been the thing. Rashi should have just said Achorai, my back, meaning quoting the word from the verse, and address it by saying Keshashot Tefillin, or Zehu Keshashot Tefillin. This is the knot of the Tefillin. Why does Rashi say, why does Rashi quote the word from the, from the Pasek, from the verse, Vera Isa, and you will see. And then in his explanation, he says, quote, Her Eyu, Hashem showed him the knot of Tefillin. Why is this important? He says, the Rebbe, the explanation is as follows. If you look at the entire narrative, Hashem was responding to Moshe's request to see his honor, his glory. And before he said to him, you will not be able to actually see my quote-unquote face, he says to him, Ani avir that I will pass my entire glory before you, and I will call in the name of Hashem before you. Only after that does he say to him, however you will not be able to see my face. What is the connection between these two things? How do these two come together? How is this a response to Moshe's request to see Hashem, to see his glory? So Rashi explains, if you look in verse 19, Rashi says that Hashem said, quote, it's time that you see my honor and whatever I will allow you. And in fact, I want, I want to and I need to teach you the order of prayer, the proper order of prayer. And therefore I will call in the name of Hashem before you to teach you the proper order of bakoshas rachamim, of asking for mercy and reveal to you the 13 attributes of mercy. And in the same manner that you will see me now, wrapped in a talus, like a chazan, like one leading the services, and reading the 13 attributes of mercy, this is the manner in which you should teach the Jewish people to do the same. And then comes the verse where Hashem says, wait, however, you will not be able to see my face, and rather you only see my back. So it comes out from this that seeing Hashem's back is not a separate matter, but rather it's part of this. In other words, it's part of this revelation. <coughs> it's part of this teaching slash training that Hashem is giving now to Moshe in how exactly should be the proper order and the proper method in engaging in prayer and, and reciting the 13 attributes of mercy when one is, quote, wrapped in a talus and so on. It seems to be part of it, not just as a side thing, but this is part of the, of the method, so to speak, that Hashem is teaching him, and Hashem is training him to do. So therefore, the question becomes, how exactly is, quote, seeing my back 
possible? How is that even going to happen? If Hashem just said to him, I'm going to be, so to speak, quote unquote, wrapped in a talus, we all know that when a chazan is wrapped in a talus and has the talus over his head, you cannot see the back. It's impossible to see the back. It's all covered up. So how well exactly will he see, quote, Hashem's glory? That's why Rashi explains what Hashem means when he says, Vira Isa Esachreda, and you will see my back. That's why Rashi says, Her Eyu. He showed him the knot of the tefillin. You see, because Hashem was telling him, I am going to reveal myself to you. I am going to show you the method of praying and reciting, evoking the 13 attributes of mercy as I am wrapped in a talis and tefillin. You see, because the child who's learning the Torah, who's learning the Chumash, the Ben Chumash Shanul Mikra, he, kn- he knows that sometimes you see the Chazan, the cantor leading the prayer services, wrapped only in a talis, and sometimes you see him, that's in Shabbos and the festivals, and sometimes you see him wrapped in a talis and tefillin. And that's why Hashem makes the point, and that's what Rashi is pointing out. That in this instance, Hashem was tell, telling him, and this is actually what happened, that Hashem is going to be wrapped in a talis and in the tefillin. And that's why Rashi has to emphasize, quote, he showed him. In order to tell us that Hashem had to actually show him the kesher, show him the knot of the tefillin. So to speak, Hashem had to like somewhat remove the covering of the talis in order to show it to him. Because otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to see it. Like we said before, if one is wrapped in a talus, one cannot see what is on the person's head under the cover of the talus. <clears throat> How exactly does this serve as, quote, seeing Hashem's honor? How exactly is this a response to Moshe's request? Is this a fulfillment of Moshe's request? Quote, I want to see your honor, I want to see your glory. So we know that even the child that's studying, the, the, the five-year-old um, uh, who's studying the Chumash knows that tefillin are like one's crown. They are the glory. They are the yukar. They are the regal crown that surrounds the head, that goes around the head. And that's why Rashi emphasizes, not just that he saw the tefillin, but he saw the knot of the tefillin. Because it's actually the knot of the tefillin that actually forms that secure circle around the head and turns the tefillin into a glorious crown. So now everything makes sense. However, the Rebbe says, let's take it a step further. Let's look at it a little more esoterically. Let's understand it a little deeper. If the whole purpose, the whole objective of Hashem's revelation is to teach him the order of the 13 attributes of mercy, in other words, how to pray and how to evoke this special power, the power of the 13 attributes of mercy, why did Hashem need to be wrapped in a talus and wearing tefillin? It would seem that the main objective is to teach him how to recite it, how to say it, what to say and how to say it. The answer is, what is the idea of the 13 attributes of mercy? In other words, what is Hashem revealing him? What is it for? in order to serve as an atonement, as a forgiveness for sins, which actually Moshe used at a later date. 
Now, the question is, how in the first place is it possible at all that a Jew should commit a sin? That a Jew should go against Hashem's will? The fact is we know that Jews are called Ma'aminim B'nai Ma'aminim. Believer is the sons of believers. In other words, it's ingrained within us. Deep inside of us, of every single Jew, every single Jew believes, knows with certainty that Hashem is the one who continuously recreates the world, recreates him, makes him to be who he is, in that very moment that he's getting this temptation, that he gets this desire for something that Hashem doesn't want him to do. And even the thing that's tempting him, that thing itself, the Jew knows with certainty and believes wholeheartedly that it was just recreated, and therefore if it's recreated by Hashem, it cannot be a true and actual opposition to him serving Hashem. In other words, it cannot be an actual detractor from his service of Hashem, from him following Hashem's will. So how is it possible that a Jew should slip and do a sin? The answer is shikha, forgetfulness. Sometimes a person forgets that. And the moment that a person forgets it, sometimes he can commit a sin. If he would have remembered that Hashem gives life to everything and continuously recreates everything, he wouldn't be capable of sinning. Now we can appreciate the connection between the 13 attributes of mercy and Talos and Tefillin. Because the purpose of the attributes of mercy that Hashem is revealing to him is not just to help forgive, to help atone the sin that was already committed, but also to reinstore, to re-enhance the memory. Talis is tzitzis. What does Hashem tell us in the Torah? That what is the purpose of tzitzis? It says, So you will see it. It's called mitzvah Hashem. And you remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem. Tfilin, likewise. It says that it should be on your hand. And as a remembrance between your eyes. So the method over here is not just to forgive the sin, but also to strengthen the memory that you shouldn't come again to sin. Now that we have a better appreciation, why the knot of the tefillin? Because we just explained why tefillin, but we didn't explain the knot. Now we can better appreciate it. The Zoyar in our parsha says that there were two great scholars, two great sages, Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Yaisi, that quote, they would make knots they would tie knots in order to help them remember the studies that they heard. Remember, they used to learn it orally, and they had to have all kinds of methods in order to commit it to memory and help them remember it better. And in fact, the Rebbe says, it's brought in some of the Achreinim that this is perhaps the source for what, quote, people say that when you make a knot, it helps you better remember something. Perhaps it's almost like, like, like tying a ribbon around your thumb or something like that. What is the connection between knots and remembering and, and being more committed to Hashem and not doing sins? So the Rebbe says perhaps we can explain it in accordance with what it says, what the Alter Rebbe says in Higeres HaTshuva, in the end of chapter 9. Over there he says, quote, if a person committed a sin, what should he do? And quote, live? In other words, what should he do to come back to life? So he says, if he was accustomed, let's say, to studying only one page a day, he should now double it. He should study two pages a day. And so on. In other words, increase in his diligence of study and observance of mitzvahs. And the Alter Rebbe continues and he says, this is like the idea, that metaphorically, like a rope that was severed, a rope that, tear, that tore. 
What do you do? You tie it back together. You make a knot. Says the Alter Rebbe, in that spot where you had the tear and you made the knot, that now becomes the strongest point of the rope because it's doubled. It's a double thickness more than it ever was before. So the Rebbe says, spiritually speaking, the idea of making a knot is that you make a strong bond. You tie yourself to Hashem more than the ordinary, more than before, certainly. And that's why this is the tikkun. This is how to correct one's sins, that you make a stronger connection, a stronger bond with Hashem. And since this is so in spiritual matters, in other words, since this is the reality, as we just explained, spiritually speaking, that's why it evolves down here that also by making a knot, as quote, as people say, it also can help one's memory. Now we can appreciate and see the full connection. The order of asking forgiveness from Hashem, the Seder Racham, evoking the 13 attributes of mercy, is connected to the knot of tefillin. When Hashem showed him how to achieve atonement, he showed him that it's not only enough to achieve atonement for the past sins that were done, but also to strengthen the bond and to ensure a future and continued commitment to Hashem, the idea of the knot. Says the Rebbe, by us, if we, by us ensuring that there shouldn't be any forgetfulness, how? By having the proper remembrance and, and committal to Hashem through Yiddishkeit, we will merit speedily to the fulfillment of the promise of the Prophet that he says, Hashem, that the glory of Hashem will be revealed, and all flesh will see that, quote, the mouth of Hashem is the one who spoke. In other words, we're not going to need any more methods of remembering that Hashem is in charge, remembering that Hashem is the one who recreates the world. Rather, we'll see it with our actual eyes, and therefore there'll be no more room for any forgetfulness.